You're listening to the Straight Shooting Radio Show on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the hosts of the show, Jason Selms and Mario Vladko. Welcome back to the second episode of the Straight Shooting Podcast. Very excited to be here again. I've got my host Mario, co-host with me. How you doing, mate? Yeah, g'day, Jason. Thank you, all your listeners, uh, for coming back and listening to the second episode of the Straight Shooting Podcast. Yeah, exactly. We had some awesome uh, people that uh, left some great reviews for us, uh, giving us lots of positive feedback. There was a few constructive criticisms, which we also took on board. Uh, again, we need about four or five weeks before we sort of, you know, settle into, you know, just our niche area about where we want to be, the structure of the show. And uh, yeah, just thanks to everyone for supporting the show, uh, giving us the good positive feedback back it was uh really good and uh, we're really actually enjoying doing this we've had a lot of laughs and yep. as i keep saying to mario if only we actually recorded some of our uh our phone conversations we'd actually have about 10 million podcasts yeah. i think to actually absolutely uh, yeah you know thanks to everyone really enjoying it so the first one is our good friend over at cnn live the nightly show there in the united states pierce morgan yeah yeah a lot of people know pierce morgan if you don't know who he is he's uh the host of cnn the live show the nightly live show uh, and he's been very ver- uh, very vocal, I should say, on the uh, gun laws in the United States. And he's a bit of a pommy git, the old uh, Pierce Morgan. <laughs> and if anyone hasn't seen it too, you can also jump on YouTube. And uh, when he came out to Australia, I think it was in December, was it, throughout the I Ashes? So. Jan- I think so. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he had to face uh, six balls from Brett Lee. And uh, oh, let me just say it was fantastic. He copped a few in the ribs and in the back. And <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. But in saying that, uh, if people that didn't know, uh, I said if you go on YouTube, you can see all the videos where he's very... Very, very vocal uh, against uh, firearms in the US. And uh, finally... And a lot of people, Jason, are vocal back too. Exactly. And the show, basically, because the ratings, uh, the show's been canned or will be canned very soon. Well, that's right, Jason. A lot of people have told them uh, in no uncertain terms that they're sick and tired of his anti-gun rhetoric and his ratings are falling. Uh, Americans are getting sick and tired of him telling them what they can and can't do with their firearms mm. and how they should be more like the British or more <laughs> like you know, more like us. I mean, let's face it. I mean, America's the land of the free, home of the brave. And any suggestion to change the firearm laws is just, I mean, it's just absurd, really. Exactly. A lot of the news outlets, this one here I'm looking at right now is from news.com.au. US audiences tired of me. Piers Morgan admits CNN show axed. If we go through some of the stuff he said, not actually surprised that this is one of the only media uh, sites on the net who actually said a lot about the gun control issue. And uh, this was from Pierce Morgan. It's been a very painful period lately, and we have taken a bath in the ratings, Morgan told New York Times medium columnist David Carr. I'm a British guy debating American cultural issues, including guns, which has been very polarizing. And there is no doubt that there are many in the audience who are tired of hearing me banging on about it. Uh, in the next part, too, he says, I think I can credibly do news and ratings reflect that. Yeah, probably not because you've been axed. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's not really the show that I initially set out to do, he said. Uh, an incredibly self-critical Morgan said American TV, TV viewers were clearly tired of his act. Now, if I go over to the uh, next page as well, you'll see where he also says here, gun owners were amongst Morgan's harshest critics. Uh, the show yeah. had made uh, gun control one of the top, top talking points in the wake of the campus and workplace assaults that have plagued America. Uh, I'm in danger of being that guy at the end of the bar who always going, who's always banging on about the same thing. Probably no one probably talked to him anyway, but yeah. I'm sure there are plenty of people who are pissed off about this br- British guy uh, <laughs> telling them how to lead their lives and what they should do with their guns. Like finally, the pomish git. <laughs> if uh, finally <laughs> you're starting to get that the Americans are sick of this dude telling them apparently how good these uh, UK laws are and how bad the Americans are and their you know, apparently, apparently high firearm homicide rate. Well, that's right, Jason. If anything, I mean, this has strengthened the American people's resolve to hang on to their firearms. They can see that they're under attack both by, by the government and by the media and they can see Piers Morgan for what he really is. He's just another henchman for the anti-gun lobby. 
So, I mean, <laughs> it's not that hard to work out once you look into it. And I just want to, just for those um, listeners out there, I want you guys to, if you can, get on YouTube and have a look at the Piers Morgan versus Alex Jones rant. And no, uh, it's, quite, it's, quite a, it's quite a good comedy to watch. And Alex Jones really, really sticks it to Piers Morgan and tells him... He's no, ruthless, eh? Ruthless. Oh, he's ruthless. He told him in no uncertain terms to, listen, mate, take your anti-gun rhetoric and shove off. Yeah, and we won't, we won't be giving up our guns. The revolution of, what was it, 18, whatever it was. 1776. 17, yeah, we'll be happening all over again. We won't give up our guns, global, globalization or whatever it was. Yeah. He goes <laughs> no, on it's, a it's a, It was a pretty good rant, and he really gave it to Piers Morgan uh, big time. And uh, I'll tell you what, some people think he, we, he went far too overboard, but you know what? I believe it was, it was something that was due. Someone had to tell Piers that, listen, mate, this is United States, land of the free and the home of the brave, and we're not going to take your anti-gun crap anti-freedom you know rhetoric that you want to spout on cnn so just take it and take it back home to britain and shove it (laughs) it's pretty funny but we were talking about this yesterday too i found it quite interesting that barack obama keeps saying he's going to do executive orders he's going to do all this type of stuff but none of it i mean even what a year almost since 2012 sandy hook uh basically none of this stuff you know has actually happened so you were saying if it actually went to a vote, right, a vote to either take away people's freedoms, the reason he won't send it to some type of referendum or to a vote is because, again, he knows he's clearly going to lose because people aren't going to vote for a reduction in freedoms. Well, exactly. I mean, they, they, they can't uh, take away people's right to keep and bear arms under the Constitution, mainly because um, if they did have a referendum on it, um, it would never pass. Who wants to give up their right to keep and bear arms? Let's face it. If you want to live in a free society, you have to have the right to protect yourself. And that's what America's all about. Yeah. Um, so who's going to give that up? I mean, it would fail miserably. So this is, this is how the American politicians, I guess, are trying to attack the whole gun issue is by trying to install... Uh, gun laws, uh, tiny little gun laws, a little bit at a time, so they, you know, they kill you off with a thousand cuts, more or less. Yeah, and we've also said that again. The the states with the lowest amount of firearms or that can't conceal carry have uh, the most uh, gun crime. You know, we've got Washington D.C., we've got Chicago. Yeah. These are just two to name a few. Yeah, that's correct, Jason. I mean, um, all all the uh, statistics out there really clearly point out, and this is per capita as well. Um, that uh, all the states uh, in the United States which have uh, the most amount of gun laws also have the most amount of gun crime. So, you know, in those states where gun laws are a little bit more relaxed and people are allowed to conceal carry and people are allowed to defend themselves in their own home uh, with guns and, and all that, there is a lot less crime. But that, but that's United States, you know, Jason. I mean, it's very difficult to compare uh, that culture to our culture. I mean, in, in our culture, we're pretty much told what to do every step of the day by the government. Mate, this is a good one. We, uh, I emailed him the other day. I know you've had positive things to say about Dean McGill, the president of the SSAA uh, National Branch. Uh, I sent him an email because the president's letter was really, really positive in the latest yeah. uh, mag- was Australian Shooter, the, the, the magazine. Australian Shooter magazine, yep. the SSAA mag. Can you give us a bit of an idea, like just a little small idea about basically what he said about fighting for freedoms, about being like the NRA, etc.? Yeah, that's right. I, I made a video on this on my uh, YouTube channel. And for those of you that don't know, uh, my YouTube channel is Aussie Freedom Fighter. So you can just look that up on YouTube. Um, and uh, yeah, Dean McGill, excellent message. And a lot of people have... Uh, uh, said on social media, they said, you know, some of the comments are, "Geez, I read the president's message and I nearly fell off my chair," <laughs> and you know, <laughs> and that's good, you know, because um, these are the sort of hard-hitting things that we need to tackle. And the president looks like, you know, he's tackling them. He's talking about the SSAA having closer ties with the NRA, learning. Uh, uh, how to be uh, more politically active from then, yeah. learning about their lobbying strategies and so on. And I think that's all good stuff for shooters, really. And he's talking to uh, James Walsh, the SSAA president of the Sydney branch. Yeah. And I've met James quite a few times, Jason. And, you know, he's he's a fantastic guy and uh, he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's got some excellent ideas. He's really, really, really doing a lot of good stuff for you, the SSAA. Because you did go to the... Um uh, was the the AGM or the annual meeting? Yeah, that's right. Uh, and you know, there's a lot of stuff said there. And you yep. spoke to him on several occasions when he's contacted you. Yep. So give the listeners. I mean, you know, I don't want you to speak for him, but you know, he's he's all for freedom. He wants our rights back, like a majority of people do. Um, there may be some people within certain organizations uh that don't want their rights back whether it doesn't matter which organization it is. So what's sort of he, him? Yeah, what? Why is he so positive? I, you know what, Chase. I don't think people don't want their rights back. I think they're scared to fight for their rights. 
that's what it really comes down to. Is a lot of people think that no, you know what, we shouldn't have this, we shouldn't have that. We should just listen to the government and be good little you know shooters and just continue on our merry way. Uh, and uh, yeah, so but in in terms of James, look, so, apart from uh, freedoms and uh, fighting for our rights, he's doing a lot of good things for the Rangers. The Rangers are dramatically improved. Yeah. I've noticed uh, Silverdale, uh, St yeah. Mary's. And he wants to build more ranges around the Sydney Basin. And I think that's extremely important. Shooters need more places to go and shoot. And, uh, yeah. you know, some ranges out there too that, you know, people or certain, I won't mention any names, but certain people at certain ranges were very, very difficult to deal with. Uh, yep. Very, I wouldn't say abusive towards shooters, yep. but very unaccommodating, made it very difficult. I mean, anyone that listens to this show may know some of the, the uh, uh, ranges we're actually talking about. And it seems like James Walsh, and as I've never spoken to James Walsh, Mario spoken to him on a lot of occasions uh, on the phone and uh, says his ideas are pretty much in line with what we're talking about here getting our freedoms back, getting good uh, things for Rangers happening, um, which is positive. And uh, you know, if you're a member of the SSAA Sydney branch and you get to vote, I mean, vote for James Walsh. I mean, I listen to what Mario says. If he says he's a, he's a decent guy and... Uh, he's really looking out for our best interests. I think we need to support that guy. I mean, because there's probably, you know, factions within certain organisations that, you know, really uh, may be detrimental to the future of this uh, shooting sports and the attack on our freedoms and liberties. And we need guys like James Walsh uh, yep. that are going to fight for our rights and uh, really start looking at moving forward. And yep. again, we're hearing it from Dean Miguel, um, yep. which I think is really positive as well. Again, a lot of people know... Uh, currently, I was, I was a member of the SSAA several years ago, mm. and it's not—it's not just the AA, sorry, SSAA that has to fight for shooters. It's all of us guys, you know, from all disciplines. Yep. We've got to get off our collective backsides and yep. basically start getting political. If you think you're in the shooting sport and you can't be political and you're going to hide from the game, uh, eventually you're going to be found out and eventually you're going to wake up one day and we're not going to have anything back. To say that we're going to chip away at gun laws isn't going to happen. All that I'm seeing now is we're, we're, we're slowly getting chipped away against. We, uh, we've yeah. got to go hell for leather. We've got to go forward, straight through. The shield's up, and we've got to start moving forward because if we don't, uh, we're going to get picked off. Uh, we're just, it's, just, it's just definitely going to happen, and we, if, we, if we let it happen, I mean, it's not going to be around for our kids to hunt, shoot, and fish. Um, we're already seeing it with fishing as well at the moment. You know. Yeah, well, Jason, you know what? Um, there was a time in Australia's history in uh, back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s where you could pretty much lay back and... Uh, uh, and guarantee that all your freedoms and all your rights will re- will remain forever. You know, you'd think that you know, well, these, this is going to last forever. Nothing's ever going to change. Well, those days are finished. I mean, we're under immense attack from the anti-gun lobby, from the Greens, and even from government bureaucrats. And uh, and you know, the the only way forward is the the best defense is a strong offense. And James really is on the right track. He understands that for this sport to survive. Uh, we've got to expand. We've got to expand in every way. We've got to expand through uh, more uh, places to shoot, uh, more ranges, and we've got to expand through lobbying the government to uh, get our rights back. And uh, well done, James, and we're 100% behind you, and I hope you guys in the Sydney uh, area are behind him as well. Exactly. If you want to email, I think it's D, D Miguel at au. No doubt he's under a bit of pressure from some people within certain organisations as well. Um, he's probably, even though he's the president, you know, there's obviously committees that need to you know, be on board as well. So, you know, certainly send him an email, uh, give him some support. I think that's really important. And, uh, that's just what we need to do and really I'm liking what's coming out of the double SAA and out of the president I mean, it's really positive I like what Mario is saying about James Walsh and the uh, Sydney uh, branch I think uh, yeah that's really important and uh, hopefully in the future we hear more from Dean and speaking about your rights guys um, by the time you listen to this podcast the South Australian election would have been done and dusted and I certainly hope all you guys sharpened your pencils up and put that number one next to shooters and fishers yep, and other pro- other program parties I mean uh, you've got to start uh, putting uh, your money where your mouth is, guys. You've got to start uh, voting for pro-gun parties if you want your rights back, and it's simple as that. So now uh, we've got the WA election coming up in April the 5th, Jason, and yep, this is yep. a very, very important election. It's probably, and I, I would, in my opinion, I would say this is one of the most important elections since Howard took our guns back in 96. What do you say, Jason? A lot of people know I'm not a huge fan of the Liberal Party, but again, if you're in uh, South Australia... Obviously, we hope by the time you listen to this podcast, you voted for the Shooters and Fishers Party. Uh, in WA, um, you know, hopefully, you know, we've obviously got Rick Mazza at a state level. I mean, it would be great to get someone up, a pro-gun party. Obviously, a Shooters and Fishers Party, we'd love to see them get up. 
Uh, I know me and Mario were having conversations about, uh, obviously, the last government, the Labor and uh, Greens allegiance. You know, we never really had, yeah. you know, there was no possible chance in the Senate to get any meaningful, anything to do with the National Firearms Agreement, any meaningful legislation well, through. Jace, well, Jace, if I, if I may, I'd like to just give the yeah. uh, listeners out there just a bit of a background. So we had John Howard in power back in 96, and then we had the Port Arthur Massacre. Then we had the massive changes to our gun laws, which effectively took you know pretty much a lot of our freedoms away. Uh, so then we had in the next 11 years of the same Prime Minister. So for the next 11 years, we really basically didn't have much chance of getting rid of the National Firearms Agreement. And that's what it's all about, getting rid of the National Firearms Agreement. It's the reason why you can't own the guns that you want to own, and it's the reason why we can't have sports like Airsoft in, in this country, you know what I mean? Because um, uh, the, all those replica firearms and so on are covered by the National Firearms Agreement. So now, so we had 11 years of John Howard, and after that we had another... Uh, six or seven, I think, Jason, disastrous yeah. years of labor. <laughs> now, this uh, this labor government, which was beholden to the Greens, was in no way, shape, or form going to tackle... You we would have got anything from no, this mob? No, we wouldn't have got anything from <laughs> them, but especially when the Greens had control of the Senate, Jason. So we were basically, because of those reasons, guys, we were basically stuck with draconian firearm laws for the last uh, good part of, uh, what, 18 years? Now, and uh, now for the first time in 18 years, guys, we have the potential of having a Senate, uh, the upper house, the Senate, the federal parliament, uh, which is not controlled by Labor or the Greens or even the Liberals. Um, yep. The balance of power lies with the minor parties, the Palmer United, the Liberal Democrats, the... Um, Ricky uh, Muir's. Ricky Muir's. Motorist, motorist enthusiast party. right? So there's a lot of pro-gunners out there. And this is why it's so important um, that the WA apparently election. the SFP have spoken to Ricky Muir, I think, yep. and apparently he's uh, hopefully uh, on board and supportive of actor activities. Obviously, four wheel driving being the motorist enthusiast party. That's right. So. Well, well, Ricky Muir is a very pro freedom sort of person, and I think he's a, a pro gun person. So yeah, but we've got to watch out for old uh, old Palmer. Palmer, he's been well known to be an anti gun hater. He's he said it. You know, he. he, he it's actually a quote, I think, yep. in uh, one of these. I'll have to find it again. Hopefully, if I find this, I'll put this up on the uh, uh, show notes when I actually release this podcast. But in one of the things, he actually said, well, he doesn't know why anyone needs to own a gun, yeah. Yeah, obviously meaning outside the military or police. Why yeah. does any civilian need to own a firearm? Well, yeah, we, we know that Palmer's not really a pro-gun guy, so we can't really rely on him. Um, however... Uh, if we do get some pro-gunners in this WA election, we may not have to rely on him. Uh, if Tony Abbott needs to pass legislation uh, in the upper house, he will have to go through a lot of pro-gunners. And that is good news for us guys. It's probably the best position we've been in for, a many, for many, many years. And I really do urge you guys, if you haven't prepared your letter for the Prime Minister yet, please prepare your letter. It doesn't have to be a long letter. It can just be a very, very simple letter. Uh, Mr. Prime Minister, I know you are a big fan of freedoms and deregulation and you want to get the country moving. Please abolish the National Firearms Agreement. Yep. And let's create a really uh, healthy, uh, positive gun culture in this country. Uh, let's create more opportunities for the outdoor recreational market. It's a simple letter like that. That's all you have creates to write. Jobs, creates yep. jobs, creates uh, jobs, you know, taxes for the government. I mean, really, what's not to like here? What's not to like? Well, exactly. I mean, uh, speaking of jobs, as you know, Jason, Lifco Arms have, yep. uh, have yep. got that new production of that uh, uh, rifle. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, so, I mean, look, look, we can manufacture things in Australia, and firearms are very, very popular, and uh, I see no reason whatsoever why we can't have a healthy firearms manufacturing um you know, uh, industry here in Australia, uh, you know, accompanied with obviously some decent firearm laws. Exactly. And uh, you talk about lobbying the Prime Minister. We know, again, right to his, he's got two offices. I think he's got one in Manly. I sent actually two letters, uh, one to his office, his electoral office in uh, Manly, and then also one to the ACT. Again, guys, it doesn't have to be uh, long, drawn out. Don't make it rude or disrespectful. Just say you yep. like what he had to say. We spoke about this in our last podcast yep. about uh, cutting red tape, cutting green tape, uh, making things easier, making it easier for businesses. Maybe it's all just a bit of hoopla, you know, to get into Parliament. Who knows? Well, he's already in there now, so it doesn't really matter, but maybe it just sounds good. But I'm hoping, as Mario said on a previous occasion, that it's actually uh, really positive and hopefully we actually get some reform here. You never know. It might be our best time in what, since the last, as uh, Mario said, in 20 years, uh, that we might actually get some change here. And again, it doesn't have to be long. Keep it short, to the point. You want the National Firearms 
agreement abolished. Um, and people say, well, how, how is this going to make a difference? If he gets enough letters, it's certainly better than doing nothing, guys. And it takes two or three minutes to draft up a letter. Uh, as you guys know, I've got a little USB stick. I keep all my letters on there. Uh, when I'm ready to go, just copy them. Uh, Put the new details into whoever you're writing to. Change the body of the text. Put it in an envelope. Yeah, buy a hundred envelopes for like yep. two or three bucks. <laughs> Go to Australia Post. Twenty stamps for about fifteen dollars, and you can yeah you can continue to write and continue to try and make a difference in this country. You know, I think it's positive. You, you can't say otherwise. That's right, Jason. I mean, there's a lot of supporters out there. There's a lot of young blokes out there that would love to get into the sport of airsoft. Airsoft's been enjoyed by New Zealand. Canada, US, even the UK. They, I mean, oh, why not UK, us? The UK, the gun-hating you know, UK. Even the anti-gunners in the UK, <laughs> they still have airsoft. I mean, it's just preposterous that we don't have it in this country. And so tell all your mates who really want airsoft introduced in the country that they really have to lobby the Prime Minister and tell him to abolish the National Firearms Agreement. And Jason, he, one of the statements here in the Liberals um, uh, on the website, they do say they're going to dedicate parliamentary sitting days for the repeal of regulation. Uh, the coalition will set aside at least two parliamentary sitting days each year, one in the autumn session and one in the spring session, excluding uh, time needed to repeal the carbon tax and associated regulation, that's good, uh, for the express purpose of repealing counterproductive, unnecessary or redundant redundant legislation and consequently removing associated regulation. I mean, that's just the National Firearms Agreement all there. Yeah, but I also did too, speaking about the WA election, if they don't happen to get, say, a pro-gun party up or someone that, or maybe even a green Scott Ludlam gets back yeah. in, etc. I mean, there actually is a real possibility on the flip side too that we, he, may, he, may not, he may not actually be able to get rid of the carbon tax also and these all this yep. legislation that he wanted to put through. So, I mean, it's not unfortunately, if he can't do that, he's, he, he may potentially become not very popular based on the the senate that he gets given after uh, april 5th so we're, we're watching with very very inquisitive eyes over the next couple good, of months good point jason very good point a lot of pro gunners out there are really concerned about the carbon tax they want this stuff gone they see this stuff as creepy new world order type of stuff and uh you know i don't blame them and people need to know that all the pro-gun parties will support the abolition of the carbon tax. So you're not yep. going to jeopardise the abolition of the carbon tax by voting for pro-gun parties. You know, there is a extreme danger that uh, the senators that get voted in might be a couple of Labor and Green senators as well as Liberal senators. Now, that is really... A da that's a danger for us, guys, because that means if we're going to get some sort of change, we may need the support of Palmer. And uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I don't think he's going to give us support when it comes to things like that. So it's so important, all you guys in WA who are listening, you really need to start campaigning. You really yeah. need to start visiting your local uh, local gun clubs, telling your friends, get telling everyone. Get out to your voting yep, booths. Get out, get out there. to your voting booths. Go out and help uh, the students and fishers and other pro-gun parties, Liberal Democrats as well. They're, they're on the ticket there. So get out and uh, help uh, all, you, uh, all the pro-gun parties out there in every way you can. This is such an important election. We need to get another pro-gunner in the Senate. Exactly. Very, very well said. Right to your Prime Minister telling you want the National Firearms Agreement abolished. That's some good stuff. Okay, ne next one, a good one. The Shooters Union. This was on uh, one of the uh, forum websites. Uh, I think it was Australian Hunting Net, I think. Shooters Union affiliation now with the National Rifle Association. Now, some people have banged on, oh, that, you know, the NRA don't really give a rats about Australia. You know, what can they do for us? It's just a bit of a, you know, in, you know it's basically have the NRA's name on paper. But um, I know one of the guys that I'm friends with on Facebook now is uh, over in America at one of their conventions, you know, sort of, you know, finding out how they do things how they advocate, how they lobby politicians. So do you think this is a positive uh, move by the Shooters Union, which has gained quite some good popularity over the last you know, 12 months to two years? Oh, absolutely, absolutely Jason. Um, look, uh, more than, I guess, 90% of all shooters support this move. I mean, there's a lot of people that are not big fans of the NRA, and that's mainly because, you know, NRA, they, they, a lot of people see them as quite extreme on a lot of issues. I don't think so. I think they're quite sensible, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, they fight for freedom and liberty and to get your rights back. What's wrong with that? And if, and if you, you... I can't really fault that. <laughs> no, neither can I. And if you're, a, if you're for gun control, you're basically named and shamed in every form of media, from their magazine yep, that's to right. their Facebook page to their emails uh, to their website. Uh, you're basically named and shamed. And we've also seen... 
This is a good one in Colorado. Uh, some of these centers have been uh, uh, recalled again and actually lost their positions yep. because of their uh, anti-gun stance. And we've already seen two already uh, gone from Colorado um, for their anti-gun stance. So I think this is uh, quite a qu- quite a quite a good thing. And this is what happens when people get into groups. They yep. get po- uh, they get political and they make change and uh, they leave it up to the people to vote these people out. Well, that's right, Jason. You know, a lot of the media outside of the U.S. will call this, oh, look at these gun-crazy Americans. I mean, it's not about being gun-crazy. It's about not letting the government tell you how to live your life. You know, that's so important. You know, not letting the government tell you, oh, you can't buy this gun or you can't buy that gun. You know, you've got to register this. You've got to fill out this form. You've got to do all that. I mean, look, some gun regulation are okay. We don't want to have open slather. We don't want to allow, you know, unrestricted firearms for, uh, you know, for everybody. Um, but uh, look, the reality is in the United States, they value freedom. They value freedom above anything else and they would reject any thought of you know, more government intrusion into their lives. What we're going to do is move on now to our new segment, The Apathetic Shooter, where we talk about everything to do with social media and some of the things that we're seeing on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and some interesting stuff. So, yep. Mario, take it away of some of the interesting and funny things we've been seeing uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and social media. Yeah, uh, Jason, uh, first of all, I just want to mention to everyone, The Apathetic Shooter segment is not meant to uh, criticise uh, any, anyone, upset anyone, <laughs> criticise any individuals in particular. We're not going to mention anyone's names. But what we've done, we've just made a collection of, and we copied and pasted a lot of comments. Some funny uh, stuff too. Some funny stuff, yeah. Some, <laughs> some of the things that law-abiding gun owners out there are saying, and, and, and we just, it's just basically trying to point out how people out there who are gun owners, who think we think they understand freedom they just really don't understand freedom yet they simply uh say some things that are just quite baffling jason <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna hey, i'm gonna give you one here first let me let me take it away first this sure one. okay uh this one was an interesting one because i've never actually seen this uh person post on the australian hunting podcast facebook page before but he said like the registry or not it has saved thousands of weapons from illegally disappearing into the community. Now, we are going to address the <laughs> firearms registry later, but, yep. I mean, what do you think of that? I mean, has this actually stopped uh, these uh, firearms falling into the, the, the illegal gun market by not having a registry? Well, look, there's, there's a lot of uh, problems with this statement. First of all, because we have a registry, we have put ourselves at risk, Jason. Um, a lot of people have access to this information. Uh, as you know, um, you know uh, any computers that are connected to the internet are not really safe. Yep. Uh, the police officers um, uh, that visit your home to inspect your firearms, I mean, how do we know they're not crook? Yeah, you know or, they're not, or they're not going in. I'm not suggesting how, how the majority know? of police officers are crook, but let's face it. Let's be honest with each other. We don't um, know them. We don't know we, them. We don't know who they are. We don't know who, they're tie- who they've got ties with. And uh, there are many police officers in the past that have been done for uh, corruption. Yeah, and we've also said too that the only good data is data that doesn't exist. Exactly. Because why we why do we have this centralized database that we're trying to protect? It just doesn't make sense, does it, with this valuable, valuable data? Well, a good argument, Jason, can be made that uh, having all this data in a central centralized location actually does more harm than good because, um, quite frankly... Uh, there has been suspicion, and it's just suspicion, so I'm not accusing anyone of anything, that uh, this data already has fallen into wrong hands and a lot of law-abiding gun owners have been targeted. Many guns have been stolen. The gun owner in question is absolutely baffled as to how people knew that he had guns in the house. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's pretty hard for them to explain. So this, this information has put a lot of people at jeopardy, and, you know, there's a good case to be made that it actually makes us less safe rather than more safe, and it actually has put, he still has put guns into the hands of criminals. Yeah. Whether it's less or more, I'm not sure. But, you know, it's simply shown that uh, it's really not effective, Jason. Yeah, we're going to talk about registration more. So we'll tackle that part about uh, the registry stopping firearms going into illegal hands. So what's yep. the next one, Mario? Hit the next one, the apathetic shooter. Okay. what they say? Okay, so this person said, I don't believe that firearm ownership has ever been a right in this country. Someone please correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, so now what, <laughs> well, so we'll see well, what we've got here, Jason, right? Okay, uh, we've got... Someone thinking, well, it's not a right in this country, but in another country, it's a right. Well, hang on. If it's a right, then it's a right. And, uh, and, and it's, it, universal. And it, it's, it's universal. A uni- it's a uni- it should be a universal right. You know what I mean? If, if you have a right uh, to defend yourself, if you have a right to fend for yourself, to protect yourself, to, to own firearms for, for that purpose, then, you know, guess what? Everyone else in the world has that right. The only difference is, is that 
everyone else in the world is controlled by governments that take that right away from them. That's right. And um, the Americans so, have got it basically written yeah. you know, in the Constitution and basically on a piece of paper, basically. Exactly. But, but it's, not, it's not just the fact that it's written on the Constitution. You see, the, the Founding Fathers recognized that uh, these basic human rights have to be enshrined into the Constitution because tyrants in the future will will want to take them away. They will want to take them away from the people as they have in the past. So that's what they recognised. That's why it was so important. And we st- we d- we too, Jason, have these rights. We do have them. The the reality, but the problem is, is the government have decided in their infinite wisdom uh, to take certain rights away from us. So it's up to us to get those rights back. So when that person says, "I don't believe gun ownership has ever been a right in this country," well, they're wrong. Uh, it all it's it's always been a right. We have never known a period in Australia's history where people were without guns. People always had guns in Australia, and I do believe yeah. that they will continue to have guns. The government will never dare take them away. And you know what, Jason? If the day ever comes that the government do want to ban every single gun from private ownership, that's the day you want to move out of this country. Yeah. All right. What's the next one? Who else we got there? What's some? Give me, give me, give me another. Hit me with another one. Okay. So now this one's regarding my videos on YouTube, Jason. <laughs> yeah. This. <laughs> me and Mario had a good laugh about this one yesterday about someone. Okay. Uh, if, you see, if you see Mario too, just to give him a bit of a heads up, Mario's got a uh, YouTube Aussie Aussie Freedom Fighter uh, where he records sometimes uh, in his uh, garage, his man cave. Sometimes you know during uh, you smoke know break. during smoke <laughs> break in his car because he he wants to get you know. The, the, the message across to shooters about you know, becoming political. Anyway, read what this guy said on one okay, of your videos. Okay, here we go. So this is regarding my videos. Um, if education of the masses is the goal, then the videos should be presented in a more professional manner, i.e. not from the passenger seat of the car <laughs> during smoke or from the inside of a cluttered shed. First impressions are a key. Always have and always will be. Um, yeah, well, I'm sorry, mate. Uh, to that person that wrote that, I'm sorry that I don't have a spare 20 grand lying around to create an elaborate <laughs> studio for you so that, you know, I can present the videos in a much better yeah. way. But, you, you know, you know what, Jason? Lighting, <laughs> professional video I should have lighting. some professional lighting and about 10 grand worth of, you know, sound video, and uh, sound video, and video equipment. equipment. You know, but, uh, well, we'll take that on board, you know what I mean? We're not, we're not uh, a full production network. We're not Universal Studios or anything, so we do try our best. Exactly. You know what, Jason? I, I just took the tools that I had, which is pretty much just my mobile phone, and I said, you know, stuff it. I'm going to do something. I'm sick and tired of sitting on the sidelines and I want to, I want to speak out and I want to, I want to tell people, everyone about freedom and what it really means. And because I've just been witnessing in the last 20 years, our freedom's been dwindled away and I just simply can't idly stand by and uh, watch it continue to happen. So I've got to do something. I'm really glad I did, Jason. I'm really glad I did create this uh, um, YouTube page. And uh, to be honest, Jason, the fact that I've got almost a thousand likes and only about ten dislikes shows me that I'm on the right track. All right, what's the next one? Give me another one. Give me another interesting one. Okay, this is from uh, very popular. I won't say his name. <laughs> <laughs> very popular social media uh, contributor. Was this from the AHP page, Australian no, Podcast uh, Facebook I'm page? I'm not sure, but anyway, Go on, t- uh, this, this person said I couldn't believe it, but one female shooter last year was telling me how PTAs. Are great because they stop someone from going out and buying a gun and shooting someone else. <laughs> was this a shooter? Was this a shooter? Yeah, this is apparently one of the. So don't um, forget, you know, we, we know yeah. years ago that when you first got your first PTA, every or well, listen, New South Wales. I'm, I'm speaking from a New South Wales perspective here. That when you've got your first PTA, each PTA yeah. was basically the the 28 day cooling off period plus the administration period, roughly about six weeks. Yeah. Well, we know now that if you've got a similar firearm in the same category, category A or B, which are now basically. Ca- categorized the same here in New South yeah. Wales you, you there's no waiting period if you've already got one in possession now yep. I never understood why when you had your subsequent firearm if you already had one in possession why you had to wait if somebody was going to go do something stupid they would have already done it with the existing firearm they already had so again well, this exactly. red tape doesn't make sense I mean, whatsoever look, look, I, I, to some and you've extent, already been vetted by the government yeah, with exactly, a license with yeah. a license you've already been vetted by the government to some extent Jason you know what I do agree with some sort of cooling off period for your first firearms 28 days is just ridiculous in my point of view i think seven days is more than adequate and you know once you've got your first firearm how does any pta after but, that but don't forget it takes you know? about three months i mean you've got your, your 28 day cooling off for your license two weeks yeah, to get yeah. your license then you're looking at the exact same period to get your first firearm so yeah. i don't really you know three months i think once you've yeah. been vetted within the six weeks you should be just be able to there shouldn't be even be i think the only reason for the permits to acquire them, the 30 dollars is to make some money back uh, from people. Well, Jason, look, there's 800,000 gun owners in this country and roughly about 3.2 million guns are among them. So none of those guns require PTA. So how on earth is that going to, 
you know, stop uh, stop them from shooting someone else is <laughs> beyond me. But anyway, this uh, this uh, lovely lady thinks it is. But anyway, uh, now on to the next one. This is a uh, reply from a gun owner to one of the anti rants, which is a re- really a good reply, really. And yep. this is on um, uh, one of the YouTube pages, uh, which I really like. Yeah. And he goes on to say, Gandhi. Gandhi, or you can say Gandhi, I guess. Gandhi once said, uh, be the change you wish to see in the world. So, if you don't like guns, then don't become a gun owner. In fact, never touch, talk, or even think about guns for the rest of your life. This way, you can still be a smug prick about your stance on guns, and I can still have my constitutional rights. <laughs> was that an American one, or was that Australian? Yeah, or? One of the Americans. I think it was brilliant. Uh... <laughs> Which is true, you know. It's it's really true, Jason. I mean, if you want to, if you want change to happen, you've got to be the change that you want to see. So, you know, and it goes for us two gun owners. I mean, if you want change to happen, you've got to make it happen. So, it's time for a lot of gun owners to get off their hands, stop laying, laying around and waiting for stuff to happen, and start making things happen yep. so anyway so now we go on to the next one <laughs> here we go <laughs> and i've copped uh, I, I haven't copped too much criticism actually jace on my show but every now and then when i do cop it it's it's quite a good one and this is regarding my why do i need an ar-15 video and many of you guys may have seen this video and so and the vast majority of you like it but this person certainly doesn't and he said to, <laughs> he said to me <laughs> jason one. he said this is the comment this guy is referring to me this guy is the perfect reason why we need gun control and birth control too. <laughs> and look, I, I can take a joke. It's not, it's not a big deal, but you know what? It, it's so He's scary. He's basically saying you should be dead. You should have not, not even, <laughs> based on your why you need an AR-15, you, you basically don't even have the, the right to deserve to live, basically. Well, that's right. You know what the scariest part about this, Jason? This what? is a gun owner. It's okay. not. It is. How do you it know? It is. It's from one of the shooting forums, Jason. Oh, <laughs> well, anyway, no. Anyway, but uh, look, I've got, I've got spies all around the place, Jason. <laughs> Everyone tells me what's going on. <laughs> but look, uh, it's quite funny. That, you know, this is from one of the gun owners, and uh, I think it's quite sad. I think this person uh, really is scared to fight for their freedoms, and they're scared about what's going to happen, and, and uh, they don't really know. We're really under attack, and they want they want to maintain the status quo. And unfortunately, the status quo is just not going to happen. We are constantly under attack, and we will lose our gun rights if we don't go on the offensive. And this is what this person doesn't understand. So anyway, you can they can attack me all they want, Jason. It's no problem with me. Yeah, no, it's funny. Here's here's one uh, to, to, just to finish off the segment. You got any more over there? No. Well, um, here we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now this Hit person, another one. this person says, "I'm a law-abiding shooter and a hunter, and I think that allowing people to buy unregistered firearms is just plain crazy." <laughs> <laughs> now, now you know, despite the fact there's already real-world examples where you know people are per- perfectly, uh, you know, lawfully buying uh, firearms. New Zealand, New Zealand Canada, Canada, all without registrations. Uh, yeah. The vast majority of them, I should say, without the world hasn't imploded in New Zealand. No, has the it? sky hasn't fallen, and you know the crime levels haven't gone up. Um, in fact, they're falling pretty much across the board. And you know, but uh, you know, this the, the idea, and we're going to tackle this soon, Jason. The, the idea that that registration somehow prevents uh, you know guns falling into the wrong hands or whatever it might be, I think it's just preposterous, and we're going to really debunk this theory soon. Perfect. All right. To, to, to finish off uh, this segment, I've got one here. Now, this wasn't, wasn't really an apathetic shooter one. I just saw this one today, and I thought it was uh, absolutely hilarious. And uh, basically, an auntie and a gun owner sort of going toe-to-toe with each other. And then the auntie says, muggers only need guns in America because the victims have guns. If the victims don't have guns, why would the crooks need them? <laughs> t- well, if you tell me this is not like the stupidest. Well, you I'm know. like, and then and I'll tell you what this person uh, followed up with. Holy crap, that is the most stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. You know what? I'm done. You are just too stupid to even be worth my time anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, uh, look. On the surface, this might sound like a reasonable comment, but look, the reality is that. Uh, criminals will always try and get their hands on guns because it's the tool of trade, I guess, uh, for a criminal, you know? Yeah. Um, guns are a little bit like nuclear energy, Jason. It can be used to create limited, limitless power and it can be also used to create the atomic bomb. So, you know, it can be used for good and bad. So, you know, wherever there's criminals, they will always try and get their hands on guns and to suggest that, you know, well, if good people don't have guns, then the criminals won't have guns. I mean, it's it's hilarious, isn't it? It's hilarious. But that was the apathetic shooter segment. We're just going to go to a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
Well, folks, it's that time of year again. HuntFest is on in 2014. What is HuntFest, you might ask? HuntFest is New South Wales' biggest southern hunting exhibition. HuntFest in 2013 and 2014 had to rally the Naruma Council to allow HuntFest to go ahead for a second year. Even beating the Greens twice at Council continue the rich hunting culture in Naruma. On show at HuntFest this year includes firearms displays, 3D archery shooting, hunting and camping equipment and much, much more. HuntFest will also be running their very popular photo and video competition again, so make sure you get your entries in early. Exhibitors on show in 2014 include the Shooters and Fishers Party, Abella's Gun Shop, the Australian Deer Association, Sporting Outback Supplies, South Coast Hunters Club and many more. If you'd like to be an exhibitor at HuntFest in 2014 and support the hard work of the organisers at HuntFest, then call Dan Field on 02 4473 7035. Dates are 7th and 8th, June long weekend. Naruma Sports and Leisure Centre right next to the roundabout. You can't miss it. Costs are $10 for adults and children under 16 free. For more information, go to huntfest.com.au. HuntFest, the place to be in 2014. All right, guys, during the uh, ad break there, myself and uh, Mars were <laughs> having a bit of a laugh about a comment uh, that was written. What was it, Maria? Read it. What, where was it from? Tell her. Well, this is part of the apathetic shooter segment yeah. again, just to finish off, but tell them about uh, this one here. Well, that's right, Jason. Just referring to also earlier, we spoke about Piers Morgan and he's had the and British the, git. Pot, the Pomish, pommy the, gits. The Pomish git that's trying to, they're trying to take away uh, you know, American freedoms. And Jason, this is a comment from uh, one, of the, one of the blokes from England on yep. the YouTube channel. Um, regarding uh, American comments uh, regarding a blind person's right to have guns. So they're trying to deny a blind person in the United States from owning firearms. Yep. Right? And uh, the person had this to say, just because someone goes blind does not mean they should have all their rights taken away. The rights apply to all Americans, not just those in perfect shape. British people live in a hellhole, (laughs) in a hellhole, where they kiss the feet and lay down their lives for a royal family. <laughs> they could never understand the American Constitution, uh, which is far beyond their little prophetic existence. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, there, there's a reason we destroyed them during the American Revolution, <laughs> because they are ignorant, oppressive morons. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I do apologise to all our all our British uh, yeah. listeners out there. I know, hey, we've got British some British background. listeners. Hey, my roommate's English, but he's actually not a bad bloke. So they're not all bad. They're not all. Nah, bad. they're not all bad. Look, but the, uh, the vast majority of uh, uh, Britons do know that their country is under severe attack from anti-freedom people. Yeah, and uh, we really do hope uh, that the Brits do get their rights back. They get their pistols back. Um, there's uh, especially Nigel Farage. I don't know if you guys uh, know who he is. He's the, one of the politicians over there for um, for UKIP, which is the UK for Independence Party, and they they're certainly fighting for uh, uh, you know to get for, for people's rights back. So they, I mean you know uh, and this is what's going on around the world, guys. It's not just an Australian fight. It's not a fight in the United States. It's a fight that's going on all around the world. And hence the importance, like I said many times in my videos, uh, why it's really important that you guys join the NRA. It's $35 a year. It costs you almost nothing. You're going to be part of the biggest organization in the world that fights for your rights, both globally and and, and locally in the United States. And uh, it pretty much guarantees that we'll always have a place that we can go to be free. This one's a good one. In China. So we had a mass wow. knife yeah. massacre, but apparently, this is what I want to talk about yep. too. Uh, for people that didn't know, in China, there was a bunch of guys, I'm not sure, I think four were killed so far, um, yep. basically in a Chinese train station. Well, some, they didn't call it a massacre, Jason. Well, that's right. But we'll, hang on, we'll get on to that. Okay. Right? There's, uh, at, at the time of uh, recording this podcast, there was 33 dead, actually gone up to 34. So it was quite, and basically what happened is uh, some uh, extremists, separatists, whatever you'd like yeah. to call them, uh, went into a busy Chinese train station, just basically started started uh, uh, mindlessly stabbing people and yeah. uh, currently 34 are dead. What I, to, what I wanted to do before we go on just quickly is to give you some uh, uh, death rates amongst some of these uh, massacres. Now, a lot of these people say because they're of a different culture, all of a sudden, like with the Boston bombings, because yeah. all of a sudden they're a different culture, all of a sudden it's a terrorist attack. If it's a firearm, it seems to be a massacre. But on the wounding rate, the Chinese, basically 140 wounded. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're not going to really see probably the next couple of weeks of probably how many well, a final death right. count. We don't know. Um, we don't know how many of those wounded will survive and you know what's interesting about this attack jason i mean this was in broad daylight busy chinese uh uh, subway station subway station 
and it was a relentless knife attack and the Chinese people were pretty much powerless to stop it. No one in China is allowed to own any guns. There's no self-defense there whatsoever. There's something like this completely foreign to them and it just goes to show this is this was a massacre which they're not calling a massacre they're calling it a terrorist attack yeah i mean i'm sure they why call because it, religions are involved well, or because they're of know. different ethnicity why does it always come down to ethnicity whether it's a terrorist attack or a massacre well look uh, apparently there is a separatist group in china a muslim background and i think they want to be separate from china they want to break away from the chinese state they're really um against the you know all the chinese government this is their way i guess of you know yeah i know what you mean yeah no i know what you mean i exactly what you mean they're basically against the government they want shame but you know this is the thing i guess some people when they're when they're extreme they tend to do stupid things and take things to the extreme level i just don't understand why i don't you know what's the meaning behind that i guess yeah you know, us here in australia we yep. generally put up with it well like they did 96 if they took our guns yeah, we just either have to give them up or, you know, basically, you know, insolence and keeping the firearms and hopefully, with the, you know, people never get found out. But over there, they really, you know, they, they're they willing to go like, you know, Anders Brevik. They're willing to take things to the next level and, and do psychotic things regardless yeah. of the consequences. I mean, exactly. it's amazing, and, really. And I, I mean, I didn't want to make, make myself sound like I was made, trying to make apologies for these people, Jason. Absolutely not. I was just trying to find the right words. This is a, a huge massacre committed by a couple of people with knives and they just went crazy. And uh, it just goes to show, I mean, it doesn't matter. It, does, it's not, it doesn't have to be about guns or anything like that. And, and this is, I think, this is the second time it's happened in China, Jason. Remember, there was a guy who went into a school yep. and started stabbing. Well, thankfully, not, no one died in that, but he started stabbing all the kids. But, uh, you just know. This goes to show, I mean, <laughs> you can do 30, you know, you basically can kill almost 35 people, 34 people. Um, with a knife, you know, get a, a few well, people, yeah, you know, a bunch of people to uh, be part of the cause, and you can really do mass carnage even with a knife. It's unfortunate, but this is what happens, uh, you know, when you got crazy people in the society. Guns are no barrier, you know. Yep. They can they can take whatever equipment, mate. They can make bombs. They can use knives, whatever, to uh, to, to to do their crazy things. It just goes to show, gun control in China. No one's got a gun. They still get massacres. All right, guys, getting on to uh, our final subject before we finish on. This is the one we wanted to dedicate uh, most of the time to on this show, which I think is really important. Now, registration of firearms. Uh, we, again, we know that registration is yet to solve its first crime. We've seen New Zealand walk away from their firearms registry in the mid-1980s. We're seeing Canada as well get rid of their long arms registry. And we're also seeing in Canada, I don't want to get into this subject too much but the uh, royal canadian mounted police uh, have decided to uh, take a certain firearm off the canadian citizens and i repeat without compensation yep. they've basically sent about i think it's on a three or four hundred people uh letters uh, to say they want these firearms back and there may well actually at this stage there's not any type of compensation and these uh guns and there's a there's a lawyer in canada called solomon friedman and he's been fighting this cause quite significantly so we want to go on about registration now we had a person before write in and say, well, hang on, registration, that will stop firearms falling into the hands of criminals. So I guess, one, what is the purpose of the registry? It doesn't solve crimes, that's number one. Yeah. And two, will a registration or the, the police and the government knowing where the firearms are, how will they not, If we, let's say there was no registration, how do we know people, guns won't fall into the hands of criminals? How do you know, uh, me, I couldn't just go to the store, hey, mate, give me that semi-automatic, give me that bolt action. Here you go, here you go, Mr. Criminal around the corner. Yep. How do we know that's not going to do it? Well, well, Jason, the simple fact is the criminals have their hands on more firearms today than they did prior to 96. Yep, um, yep. And, um, and look, uh, that, and that's been shown by the amount of numbers that the police have uh, taken off the streets. Uh, the more guns they take off the streets, it just it's just it shows you that there's a higher percentage of guns on the streets. Um, you know, people might think, oh wow, police are doing a great job. You know, they're taking all these guns off the streets uh, of the streets, but yeah. uh, really, it's just a percentage. It's just a percentage of the total firearms that are really out there. And some people believe there's as many as 1.5 million illegal guns out there. Now, what we've got, Jason, right? We've got yeah. a lot of people out there, law-abiding firearm owners, that think that registration is a good thing that it stops people from selling their firearms to crooks. That's wrong. The reason is, is that most law-abiding gun owners are simply that, Jason. They're law-abiding. They don't want 
other people to know what guns they have. They don't want the information to get into the wrong hands. Yeah. Right? And when you have a registry, the potential for that information to get into wrong hands just increases exponentially. Yeah. So now, what is going to stop me, Jason, if I've got unregistered firearms, I'm a law-abiding firearm owner, what is going to stop me from selling guns to criminals? Well, first of all, I'm a law-abiding firearm owner. I don't want the criminals to own them. Right? So I'm not going to sell them. Second of all, okay, um, I certainly don't want to get in trouble with the law. Now, Talk about, say, like, let's say you sold one to a criminal. Let's say, yep. yeah, world example, you sold one to a criminal. Yep. So then, you know, there are, like, severe repercussions. If that firearm, Absolutely. let's say, was used in a crime, yep. you know, and you've purchased it, you know, FBOS legally, there's obviously uh, a book where it's been uh, uh, marked down and recorded. Yep. So it's not hard that, because, again, talk about that. That's another good thing. Talk about, say, a criminal. Let's say a criminal, yep. you sold a firearm to a criminal, he was caught, yep. right? Talk about how easy it would be for these guys to roll over on the person that sold them the gun, meaning exactly. meaning us, yeah. because they fear the police more and the and the, the, the deal they might do with police, and they actually fear their own gang more. Yes. Uh, so they've got nothing to fear from you because well, you're just a guy, a law-abiding firearm owner, or now non-law-abiding yeah, firearm. Now you're sold, a criminal. <laughs> now you're a criminal that sold them a gun. So talk about that. Exactly. That's quite interesting. Well, well people, the criminals wouldn't have anything to fear from me. So, for example, if, if uh, someone's uh, been involved in a crime and they've used the gun that, they, that you've sold them, for yeah. example, or that I've sold them, um, then basically they would have everything to gain by dobbing you in because they'd be trying to cut a deal with police. Police will want to know information, where you got the guns, who's been supplying you, who your accomplices are. And they've got and no so problem on. rolling over on you, would they? No exactly. problem at all. Exactly. So, you know, <laughs> they'd be... They'd be dobbing you in quick smart and say, well, this guy sold me the gun. And even, you know, a lot of people might think, well, you know, what if the serial number of the firearm was removed and you couldn't prove who it belongs to or something like that? There was no certificates. There was no proof back from the shop. Yeah. Well, you know, you might have, uh, you've got forensic evidence. you got uh, witnesses. So basically, Jason, there's plenty of incentive out there for law-abiding firearm owners to stay on the right side of the law. First of all, they don't want to get in trouble with the police. And on top of that, Jace, if they do ever start selling weapons or ammunition to the criminal element, this criminal element will stand over them, okay? Yep. And they will be beholden to them, right? So, so let's say you sold them a firearm, right? Let's say someone sold them a firearm. Yep. And you, you were a nice guy. You just wanted a couple of grand because you were desperate to get some money. Yep. And then let's say the criminal the next week come in and said, well, mate, yeah, we need two more. We need three more. Well, exactly. And what if you decide to say no? And what if they, you know, come yep. and give you a beating? I mean, <laughs> yeah. what are you going to do? You're going to run to the police and say, yeah. oh, please save me. I've sold illegal firearms. <laughs> you know? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> oh, excuse me, Mr. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Buzz. Why did you, uh, why did they beat you up? Oh, because I was selling them illegal firearms. <laughs> yeah, so again, a he, he, it's a mixture of things here. It's the, yeah. you know, the the criminal standing over you saying, well, hang on, mate. You sold us one. Yeah. Well, no, Oh, oh, I only wanted to sell one, mate. Yeah. No, excuse me. You're now in the middle of it. Yeah. We we want you to start supplying us. Do what exactly. we don't we don't care. Do what you need to do to get us more firearms. And if you don't, well, their life, your life could exactly, be in danger. Exactly, Jason. You know? Exactly. I mean, look, it is a self-regulating system. So you've got a lot of incentive there for law-abiding gun owners to stay on the right side of law. And, and prior, prior one, to 96, let me say one thing yeah. too, right? If we were given the opportunity after the National Firearms Agreement to say have our semi-autos back, yep. why would a law-abiding firearm? And I mean, there's people out there that probably would do it. That that's purely yep. want to go out there and just sell the firearm. But why would you? Most law-abiding shooters wouldn't um, jeopardize that because they'd want to keep their firearms and they want to keep their semi-autos. So why would they do it? And people say, well, oh, registration stops it from happening now, but it doesn't. It doesn't. No. What's stopping someone? The police come and do a check on your house. Yep, that's fine. The the your safe storage nah, is correct. You've got right. your firearms, and then you just you know, hire someone to come in. Hey, mate, come in. I'm, I'll be at work uh, tomorrow between nine and three. Yeah, uh, left the garage door open. Just make sure you break the lock. Uh, I've left the safe open. Just make sure you look like it's broken into before you leave. Yeah. So what's stopping people from doing that now? Nothing at all. Nothing. Nothing. And then at you all call the police, report it. Hey, listen, someone's broken yeah. in. Uh, I had safe storage. Everything's one hundred percent fine. Sorry. What can I do? It gets reported, and now. T- one, yeah. two, three, four, ten, twenty oh, guns look, on the there, street. There's, there's a million ways, uh, ways around it. Uh, there is. One of the things that uh, people uh, are not considering as well is that, uh, look, Jason, I would love to hear a case where someone can prove to me that having other people access your information other than yourself, right? I mean, firearms information is best kept safest uh, w- w- with yourself, not That's to right. not giving anyone else. Yeah, not giving it to and the registry. I, I would love to hear a case where... Uh, giving it to the registry, allowing police information about this, 
Um, I would love to hear a case where all this information being out there for other people to access somehow makes you safer and makes yep. the community safer. I don't know how that how that is possible. Obviously, the less people that know, the safer you're going to be, especially yourself. I mean, the only person that should have access to all the information uh, about your firearms is you. No one else should have access to it. I mean, and that, that creates the safest possible situation. So I would, if anyone's got a really good case out there of how having your information on a central database and how having police come to your house to view your guns and how all this stuff makes you safer, then I'd like to hear it. Well, how does it make the public safer? It doesn't. It doesn't, doesn't at all. No, absolutely not. Like, how does coming to thing to check my safe storage going, well, you've got, I mean, the criminals don't have safe storage. They're not, they, they've got none of that. They've got none of that at all. No, that's right. That's right. Look, law-abiding gun owners, Ridiculous, if, if, you had a, if you've got a safe storage law, fair enough. Okay, if you've got laws regarding responsible usage of firearms, fine, fine, fair enough, right? But when you've got this uh, sort of information with the you know ability to to leak out into you know other areas, yeah, let's face it, computer systems like we talked about before, Jason, they're not secure. Uh, Other people can have access to them. Uh, Police are not infallible, right? Yeah. So and we're not got, saying all police are no, bad, certainly no, not. But absolutely not. The vast a, majority of yeah. police are great. Yeah, you know, and you've got a guy coming to your house. How yeah. do you? I don't know their background. I'm just expected to believe they're an officer of the law and yeah. they've got the best of intentions. Well, you know, that's in some cases that's been known not to be the case. Again, Thanks. they're not all bad. Yeah. And there's obviously like like shooters. There's a a, a, yeah. a minority that don't do the right thing, and yeah. there's a majority that do do the right thing. So I guess yeah. you can't do that. But one but, thing I want to talk about here was an interesting one, right? When we own our guns, right, what's the reason the police need to know where these firearms are? That's number one. And two, do we even own our firearms? And and we had this conversation yesterday. Yes, we purchased our firearms. But at any time, the police can say, this gun is now uh, on our ban list. You need to give it up. With or without compensation. Yes, we've had compensation in the past for 96 and 2002, but we're seeing it in Canada Mm -hmm. where they're not compensating. So do we, you know, when we were talking like yesterday, yes, we bought them and we own them, but at any time they can take them away. So in essence, really, they're just leased leased out or really (laughs) on loan because if they decide tomorrow, listen, that now now, uh, 338 uh, Lapua Magnum, uh, is now uh, on our ban list because we believe it's too high calibre. Yeah, uh, uh, we we just don't like it. It's yeah, black. We, yep. Come in, <laughs> hand it in, and uh, you may or may not get compensated for it. Look, we've already seen uh, the laws. The people have been. And you can't te- say no. You won't be able to say no. Well, that's right. The people have been tested already in Canada, Jason. We've got a we've got a, a gun in Canada, uh, the Sig five five six, a very popular firearm. Uh, it's pretty much the Rolls-Royce kind of, of semi-autos. This is a gun that's been owned by Canadians for over 10 years. Perfect safety records. Uh, never been used in the crime. Uh, look, there's absolutely no reason really to ban this gun. But guess what? Because some bureaucrat doesn't like it and they think it looks evil, Canadians have been ordered to give it back without compensation, mind you. And this is not a cheap firearm. This firearm costs between three to $4,000. So, you know, you, you've worked hard. You think you have the right to your private property. You think you have the right to your firearms. But look at this. This is a situation where they're saying, well, you know, too bad. You've got to give them back. And if you don't give them back, you're a criminal. To think that this can't happen in Australia, you'd be, you'd be wrong. You know? And, you know, it certainly can happen in Australia. I certainly hope it never does. Uh, don't ever think, guys... That just because you've been compensated before, that you'll be compensated again. Okay, that may not happen. And this is why registration is such a bad idea. Tomorrow the government could decide, well, you know, this gun has got too much black on it and we don't like the look of it. So, and it's got seven rounds capacity and we don't like it. It's got, you know, we want to ban it's all not guns. not like your car where you can say, well, no, you're not having it. They'll say, well, we're coming, uh, yeah. have here, have, be here at 11 o'clock because we're yeah, taking it. Exactly. So how do you really it. own these things? It's almost sad, isn't it? it? It is because what they're trying to do, Jason, they're trying to destroy the idea of private property. I mean, you really don't have a right to your private property. I mean, you know, anything that's registered, especially with firearms, uh, <laughs> the government can change laws tomorrow and take it away from you. I mean, what sort of a free society is that? Exactly. And one I wanted to talk about, this one we were mentioning, I think, yesterday about it's almost like the hoops you have to jump through, the registration, the costs, the licenses, the permits to acquire, uh, the genuine reasons, the club memberships. <laughs> Can you really – And it's not advocating people break the law, but it's so onerous to legally own a firearm. You really almost can't blame – let's say you can't blame them, but no wonder people are going the other option – which is to illegally obtain firearms because you know, you know the system, and you were saying this yesterday, the system has failed and the system is really 
true and well and truly foul when it's e- it's easier to get a firearm illegally yeah. than it is to uh, get one legally and to do things the right way. You'd think if people are willing to do the right thing, you're actually pushing people towards doing the wrong thing. Yeah, that's right. It just shows you that the system is really not working. I mean, there are parts of Australia, thankfully not many, where you know it's a lot easier to get an illegal gun than a legal one. So you know, you know the system's gone and failed then when that that's the case. Well, you know that's it. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not advocating anyone, yeah, anyone not. Uh, break the law whatsoever in any way. But why not right? make it easy for well, not easy, not easy, but easier for people that do the right thing that have been vetted by the government to own firearms with as less red tape as possible if they've been vetted by the government? It just makes sense to me. Yeah, that's right, Jason. Uh, look, uh, when you do this, also, Jason, it brings down the price of firearms in the illegal market. Now, we were talking about before. Yeah, we were, yeah. we were talking about before how you know why would the if you've got unregistered firearms, what's stopping the law-abiding firearm owner from selling these guns? Well, at the moment, right, you've got guns like the AR-15 or an AK-47. They're worth more than twenty grand on the black market, Jason. Yeah. So any kind of category D owner. There's a lot of incentive there if he's got several of these guns. There's a lot of incentive there to break the law and to sell them on the black market because you could cop about eighty to hundred grand for a couple of guns from you know from uh, various uh, elements of the of the underground. Uh, but if these guns were commonplace, if they were legal, less restrictions, guess what? They wouldn't be worth so much on the black market. So you're cutting out a fair bit of the. Uh, you're, you're cutting out the incentive. Element. You're cutting out the incentive yeah. for law-abiding firearm owners to break the law. When there's prohibition, things are worth a lot more. We've yeah, seen exactly. that with drugs. We've seen it with the bikey exactly. gangs. You know. When something's outlawed, it's worth a lot to the uh, criminal element and there's a uh, market for it. Well, Jason, we've had drug laws for God knows how long and how many drugs have disappeared from the market? Zero. Zero. And how many are coming in and on the, and on the and, containers? And, 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 and industry is thriving, actually. There's more and more designer drugs. <laughs> Not <laughs> yeah. that I'm advocating drug use, guys, but you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. But you know, let's talk about that too. We want to talk about the purpose. or like, What is the one reason... Police, why do they want to know? It's, as we said, registries don't solve crime. Why do they want to know where those firearms are? Why? Well, How's pure, that helping them? Well, pure and simple, Jason. Gun control is not about guns. It's about controlling people. Okay, And that's what they want to do. They want to control people. They want to control what they have, when they have, and how they have it. This is what it's all about. Uh, registration will eventually lead to confiscation. And how they will do it, they will do it slowly over a period of uh, several generations. Eventually, in about 50 years' time, if registration still exists, and I certainly hope it doesn't, I certainly hope people will realise how important it is to abolish it, To have, for us law-abiding firearm owners in a free society to have some sense of private property, ownership. So it's important to abolish it. So, but if it doesn't get abolished, and eventually in about 50 years, uh, they will try and whittle away our firearm laws to almost nothing so that you can basically own a single-shot bolt-action rifle, and that'll be pretty much the only type of gun uh, allowed. And that's their goal. That's their ultimate goal, to reduce your capability to be armed to the very bare minimal. Oh, and as I said, it's almost a sad reflection when, you know, it's easier to actually get an illegal firearm than it is to go through the proper hoops. People do the right thing. People should be rewarded for doing the right thing yep. and rewarded for not having a criminal record. And uh, the rewards just simply, simply aren't there. You just created a black market for it. So. Exactly. And you know what, Jason, just touching on that black market, mate, I've seen photos and I can't remember where these photos come from. I think they were circulating on social media, uh, you know, a couple of years ago or and, and I've seen photos of uh, manufactured Uzi-style submachine guns. And I'm talking, Jason, these were properly manufactured by CNC One machines. One was in South Australia, yeah. Mate, the, the, there was a guy just over yeah. near my house too, over here, I think over at Seven Hills. He was exactly. a, a jewellery maker and yeah. he made uh, seven or nine, there might have been seven to nine guns uh, yeah. for the illegal market. And they were quite nice. Have you seen the ones? And I've still got yeah. the video on YouTube. I should put it up on the Facebook page. Uh, they were machining these uh, automatic weapons. Yes. Uh, <laughs> magazines, <laughs> the whole lot. I mean, Mate, and, the, the quality, the quality oh, of these look, things. Oh, unbelievable. They'd give Lifco a go for their money. Yeah, I'll tell they you. were polished. They were unbelievable. And yeah. how many of those were sold in the black market? Look, we don't know. And this is, this is what we've created in this country, Jason, by these laws. We've created an extensive underground network of uh, illegal firearms importation, manufacture, distribution, you name it. And that is why we've gone backwards, really. We, we haven't uh, taken any guns out of the hands of criminals. The, the registry has not prevented any guns falling into the hands of criminals. All they've done is, is the, the, the criminals are now more and more determined to find uh, newer, more clever ways 
and uh, you know more better ways of getting more guns in uh, in their hands, and they can, mm. and they have, and yeah. they've got more guns now than ever, and that's what the registry has given us, Jason. Well, when you pro- when you prohibit something, it's worth a lot of money. So that's right. but anyway, all, that's right. That's all, good. All the, all the prohibition, all the heavy restrictions, will uh, will inevitably lead to a large black market, which we currently have in uh, in in our society now. Arguably, one of the most uh, profitable black market in firearms in the world here in Australia. All right, just to finish off, Mars wants to talk about the, again, WA elections. Just before we finish off, Mars, what do you want to finish off with? Well, guys, the WA election, I can't stress enough how important this election is. All you shooters in WA, you really need to rally around the shooters and fishers and other program parties. Don't let the Greens get a Senate seat. It's so important, guys. It's an extremely important election. If we, if we don't get the pro-gunner up there, it may mean the next six years of the same old gun laws, and we will not get an opportunity to change uh, the National Firearms Agreement or abolish the National Firearms Agreement. And don't forget also, guys, prepare your letters to the Prime Minister, okay? Just a simple letter, prepare it, and uh, be ready to send it soon, okay? Yeah, no, and again, me just to finish off with that, we need, federally, again, we've got Rick Mazza in State Parliament, we need someone, or just a pro-gunner there, uh, federally in the Senate, yeah. which would help uh, Rick, you know, they can work together, obviously, you know, in WA, so it's important to get out there, get out there and vote. Hope you guys enjoyed the second episode of the Straight Shooting Podcast, we've got lots coming up again over the coming weeks, hope you enjoyed the previous podcast we just did with Rick Mazza, people coming up more straight shooting podcasts as always I'm Jason Selms and I'm Mario Vlatko see you next time you're listening to the straight shooting podcast here on the AHB digital radio network as always thanks for listening and I'll see you next time <laughs>